0: reading from the book of Luke, tells about an event in Jesus' life that is also a parable. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When Jesus saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked Jesus. And that one was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, were not 10 made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us. Amen. Thanks be to
1: switch it up and, and start a little bit more with the New Testament and then go wrap it up. Kevin's going to take us home with the Psalms, I think. So we'll see how this goes, whatever. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of directions we could have taken the scripture in today. Um, for example, I was talking on the phone with my dad last week and when I mentioned the uh, Luke gospel, he said, oh yeah, only the Samaritan went back to worship. And he's right, that's what sticks out for a lot of people. A Samaritan, an outsider, a foreigner. I was the only person that turned back and thought, at least in that moment, to thank God for being healed. This, of course, led me to think about the present day Samaritans, the outsiders, our undocumented um, immigrant friends and family, those currently being raided by ICE right now all over the country, and we keep them in our prayers. So initially I was going to focus on that, outsiders, foreigners, but something else kept drawing me back over and over again to the scripture, All ten lepers were healed. Oh, it says don't adjust the microphone here. (laughs) As I adjust the microphone. All ten lepers were healed. All ten people received God's grace of healing. And I just kept thinking, why? I mean, presumably Jesus being God in human form is all-knowing, or close enough to all-knowing to know that probably not all ten of those people were going to stop what they were doing and start praising God. And he healed him anyway. Why not just choose the guy who's going to be thankful? Why not save a little bit of energy? So then the psalm came back to me again. You don't desire sacrifice or oblation. Instead, you make my ears receptive to you. You ask no burnt offerings, no sacrifice for sins. I grew up with this belief that if I was really, really good, God was going to do really nice things for me. But God's always watching and waiting for me to mess up so I could be punished. And a side note, I have no idea where I got this idea, but I was very worried about it most of my childhood. Um, To me, these scriptures throw out that whole concept of a gotcha God and replace it with something better. So God's grace is available to everyone, even the people that aren't going to thank God. The big difference between the Samaritan and the other nine wasn't how God treated them. um, It was how they got to experience the grace of God. I would assume that the Samaritan who noticed being healed and immediately went to thank Jesus, had a much more powerful experience because they were receptive to God's grace. And maybe there's something about being particularly vulnerable or desperate that opens us up to God's message. Because, as the psalm says, we can put our egos away. This has certainly been true for me. So this had me thinking, how many times in my life has God been working through me, healing me, loving me, and I just simply didn't take the time to notice? God doesn't withhold love and grace when I'm not listening, not paying attention, but it's really up to me to be present enough to get to enjoy and experience that. So God's grace and healing love is available to all the undocumented immigrants that are being raided today, that are in cages today. And I hope in this terrifying and desperate and vulnerable times, our undocumented comrades get to experience that comforting love and grace that God has for all of us. God's grace is also available to the ICE agents that are rounding everybody up. And, avail- and God's grace is available to the politicians who are making these policy decisions to do that to people. And perhaps, maybe, today, someone will be barely just receptive enough to set aside their ego and hear the message of God's love for everybody. My hope today, at least for myself, is that I can get out of my own way enough for that to be true for me. Kevin?
2: I should have went first. <laughs> now I gotta follow that. Thank you, Anna, for that. It was beautiful in so many ways. This psalm hits almost a little too close to like too close to home for me. It's 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 a it's a layup for me to talk about my life and my conversion and my experience with God. Um and it's so true and beautiful and you can't deny it, the words of of this psalm um, talking about the true nature of God I had ideas about God my whole life, a lot like Anna I don't know where I got them from, I didn't go to church Um, nobody told me, I just developed these ideas about God, that it was punishing that I was wrong, I was bad I was this, I was that but all I really know is this, that at my lowest, at my most despicable, at my most desperate, at my most ugly, he loved me so truly and beautifully, and that's all I actually know. So I can't really get up here and talk about God, a bunch of ideas about God, because all I really know about God is he loves me absolutely, absolutely not because of what I've done or what I'm doing, but because of my true nature, my spirit. So we talk about uh, the orientation, the disorientation, and the reorientation. All I've ever known in my life is disorientation. But I believe there was a part of my spirit that's always in orientation. Um, I was desperate my whole life. That's all I knew was desperation. I knew hunger. I knew Instability um, and and I go back to this this idea about God loving me where I, where I'm at, where I was at, and you know, I was the guy who go, who goes to GLA. I was the guy who is strung out on the street. I was the guy who's homeless. you know I had I had no job, I had no home, I had no money, I had no path, I had nothing. And I was losing everything, (laughs) you know? And, um, you know, I see these guys out here and and I'm just like, that's me. And I try to talk about that here, but I don't know if I always get it right. But I I am the people that we serve or aim to serve. That's me, that's me. You know, I would walk by you guys and, and, there would be no connection. there'd be no chance for me to walk in here you know and the miracle came and it's not because i'm a not because I'm special though a lot of people wanted to tell me that you know it was a it was a cold winter morning and snow was on the ground. I was out in front of a, a an institution treating drug addiction and I had nothing but that moment and it was the first time in my life that I said an honest prayer and I was overwhelmed with the presence of God and everything I knew was completely wiped away and I was free and have been free since that moment it was almost two decades ago never went back to it it's a miracle of healing but God was always there the only difference between the yearning I had for God and all my struggles versus that moment is that I had no ego in it I had no stake, I had no plan I had no ideas and everything was gone and, and that's when God came and that's a double edged sword the white light experience, the epiphany The you know you can write books and stories about it, it's all well and good I still had a lot of problems <laughs> and still do have a lot of problems God bless therapy, God bless church God bless you know but but it was intoxicating I was healed, oh I'm going to convert people now, <laughs> I have a story to tell, and it's like the only thing that I have to say, I don't have a path to offer people, I don't have anything all I have is what God showed me which was God's true nature was that God loves me absolutely and purely I want and I think my sense is that God's deepest desire is for me to be in relationship with God, like, so that true and honest moment with God, though it seems daunting, because we, th- we think of God as not a friend or a family member, but the, the Almighty, um, but if I treat God as a friend who I need help from, <laughs> like, I would go to Anne go to megan and just be honest you know i think um i've caught myself praying and just stopped myself and said what are you doing you don't mean any of this how about you stop and like search your heart for some meaning with this praying and then i stop myself and god does not mind me doing that I've stopped praying for months at a time because I could not find the sincerity that I needed to have a connection with God. So I think just it's so important to have that real connection. You know, in a day in a in this day and age where everything's a distraction, I'm super distracted all the time. I'm focusing on all the things that don't matter 80% of the time. Uh there's a sweet spot for me to slow down, search my heart. And get honest with God. Sometimes that's being very angry with God because of what's happening in our world—racism, capitalism, injustice at every turn. Um, and something that's been coming up for me for a long time is there is a way out for us as a country and as people. And as there, there are there are ways out of this. There's hope that one day we would pay reparations, that one day we would redistribute land to indigenous communities, that we would, you know, dismantle the capitalist structure. That's a possibility. There's hope. So, thank you. Drop this, drop this.